They're the in crowd, we're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. That's how we run. The outsiders. Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. We continue our assistant coaches week presented by the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. The song you just heard is The Outsiders by Eric Church, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Landon Williams. So Landon was a three-time state place winner for Davenport Assumption, including winning a state title as a senior. He chose to continue wrestling for Warper, becoming a three-time All-American and two-time national champion for the Knights. Landon coached at Wartburg for one year after graduating before heading south to coach for Holy Cross High School in Louisiana. In his four years there, his teams finished third twice, runner-up once, and won the school's first Division I state championship in 30 years. Now, Landon is the head assistant wrestling coach for his alma mater, Warburg, a position he's held since May of 2020. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Coach Landon Williams. How many times did you go to Fargo? Or did uh, you? I never competed at Fargo. No, no just... Um, I trained freestyle, but I didn't really compete a whole lot of freestyle during the summers. Um, I did some folk style dual stuff, um, but never competed at Fargo. Why not? Why not? Well, why not? Did you play baseball or something or? No, a lot of, so I went to assumption. A lot of our kids did do baseball. So like we didn't really have that many like open rooms for that. Um, our head coach was a big freestyle guy, but in Greco guy, it just, I just never really got into competing in it. I mean, I wish I would have, honestly, but um, I trained it all. I trained it all summer, but just never really competed. So, yeah. yeah your coach was Pete Bush, wasn't yep. it? Yep. 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 Um, well, yeah, you're from uh, Eldridge. Yeah. Right? And yep. I grew up in Eldridge. Yeah. What, what made you or how'd you um, end up going to Assumption? Because what's the dynamics there? So my wife is from Davenport North. Yep. Um, and so, like, there's a lot of schools, you know, like, can you open and enroll or what? Um, so there's, like, districts for, like, the public schools there. Um, but Assumption is kind of just if you live in the area, you can go there. Um, I end up going to Assumption. I mean, I trained. So when we were younger, what we would do is it'd, it'd rotate. It'd be one day at Bettendorf, one day at North Scott, one day at Assumption, and it would rotate, and coaches would coach and stuff. Um, and then so I always knew, like, Brody Grothis and the guys that went to Assumption. And um, when they hired Pete was kind of – so they hired Pete, like, late into my eighth grade year, and I was going to go as a freshman, but – didn't work out. So I went to a uh, North Scott for one year and then Pete's second year there, I um, went to assumption that we would have been growth. This is freshman year. So mm-hmm. that worked out. Yeah. And McDermott, was he on those or was he, oh, yeah. he was our age? Yeah. So Bradley started off at West and it was the same kind of 
Downport West and it was the same kind of thing. Like that freshman class with like Grothis and Argo and all like the younger Argo and yes. uh, a few of those guys, when they all came in, it would have been Pete's second year. And that's when we went over to Assumption too. Gotcha. So right. was there, you know, um, I've had a couple people on like the most recent one was Mitch Mueller who went from Kennedy to West, you know, yeah. was there, was there some kind of conflict or friction when you, when you moved at first, you know, where, um, not really. I mean, my biggest thing, help, obviously, you know, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I obviously loved North Scott in that area. It was just, um, it was what was best for me at the time. Like right. I had a really good relationship with coach, coach Bush. And then they also had some pretty good assistants, Ben Euchre and Ryan Pribble, which Euchre went to Iowa, Pribble went to Indiana. So it was just like kind of a really good environment of younger coaches. And then coach Bush, obviously with the experience and it kind of just, it was the environment that I needed to be stylistically and mentally to just reach my full potential, you know? Yeah. So, and that was kind of my decision. I mean, I hated leaving all my, teammates and all of my uh you know friends that i grew up with my whole life but it was kind of just what i needed to do to kind of get to that next level for my personal self i don't think there was anything wrong with north scott but it was just for me it worked out better with pete we just clicked mentally and stylistically obviously that helped a lot yeah and i think we underestimate that a little bit like you, you, you made friends at North Scott, like obviously, and you move and it's, it's just as hard leaving, you know, and just because you're going somewhere else doesn't mean that you're not leaving relationships and friends in the mirror view mirror. But uh, when did you start wrestling? So I started wrestling in kindergarten. I actually right. at the time lived in Durant, Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Durant for, I think, kindergarten through fourth grade um so i had a coach there mark mays um i think his boys end up going to wilton but he kind of got me into the sport i had a lot of energy and i kind of needed a a different level of focus so they put me into wrestling he kind of took me under his wing and kind of gave me the tools to get started and i I mean what i wasn't great up until about third grade was when it kind of started getting better for me like i realized like this is something i really want to do and mark mays realized that and kind of took me took me around and started getting me more exposed to other coaches and partners and tournament more tournaments i mean i wrestled tournaments but you know when i started taking a little more serious was third grade and then kind of progressed from there yeah and you must you had success then in the au circuit did you yeah i mean I think so. I placed every year from third grade through eighth grade. Um, I think I only won one state title, AAU state title. Um, but I was always on the podium. And that was usually the goal at that time right. um, was get on the podium, right? You know, work your butt off, get on the podium and see how hard, how high you can climb. You know, I, I think that was a, able to kind of take the pressure off a little bit. Um, obviously everyone wants to win the title. Everyone wants to do really, really good, but when you can take it one match at a time, work to get on the podium and then climb the podium, you know, it kind of, cause I think kids get so stressed on it. I got a place, I got a place, you know, I gotta, I gotta win it. But I kind of looked at it as like one match at a time. Let's get on that podium and then let's see how high we can climb. Yeah. When did you, did you do any other sports? Um, I did. Um, I played football. 
played football when I was real young and then all the way through when I went to Assumption, I played one year at Assumption and then I just focused on wrestling. Um, I played a little, I played a little baseball couple years just because like North Scott was trying to make a run for the, the world series, the little league world series and kind oh, of nice. just, I decided to join a little team, but I hadn't played for, I didn't really play. I was just athletic. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I did a little track in seventh, eighth grade, just hurdles. It was, it was just a way to, that I would, uh, I'd stay on campus and then till practice. So I'd run a little track after school. <laughs> really? Right to rest and practice. <laughs> Yeah, I thought one year they made it to the World Series. I thought they did. Were... They did. Yep. Yep. They did. So, yeah, North Scott did that year. Um, I didn't end up going because I, I just wasn't really. Really? You were yeah. on that team? So, you were no, I wasn't on that team. I wasn't okay. on that team. They did. A bunch of my, you know, they were, it was like seventh and eighth grade, but they, they ended up going and it was good. I followed it. It was, it was fun to watch those guys. Yeah, that was crazy. I remember that. And then, yeah, yeah. I remember growth is being on that team and, what a that had to be crazy making the little league world series i guess i don't know oh yeah Something. i remember those guys those guys would like miss the first like three weeks of school and stuff <laughs> i like gosh we wish we were there you know but <laughs> it was good everyone everyone followed it and cheered those guys on and yeah so when did you start taking wrestling pretty seriously then um i would say i mean i always took it serious but like in like fourth fifth grade i started doing some club stuff um and that i went to the hawkeye wrestling school um with pablo um he ran it out of iowa at the time so you know fourth and fifth grade i kind of did that um and i did i did that through like eighth grade and then once i got to high school um and went to assumption that's when i started going to to young guns with jurgens over there uh, in illinois so i always took it pretty serious and i mean i love the sport i always try to find ways to get better and compete and i mean i i, I love to you know do it i love the opportunities that it provided i also love just like being around everyone i was a social kid you know had a lot of energy so I, I mean i was able to make a lot of connections all over the state all over the country at a young age which is really really cool to do and um got to go and train at different places all over the state and all over the country so that was really cool. I mean, I think that was the the fun part about it because it was something that I was really passionate about and it allowed me to go and be around like-minded kids and, you know, kind of train with them in different styles and different ways of doing things and training and techniques. And I mean, that's what I really like to like focus on because there's so many ways to do it. And I like to learn about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, new bossa man. I mean, it almost seems like anybody who's anybody at one point came through his his club. I mean, what were those what were those practices like for you? Because what what oh, forty five minutes away? Yeah, yeah. So I started when I was in Durant, um, and that was like about thirty. And then wow. when I moved Eldridge, like I still went. Um, oh, it was. I mean, at that time, I mean, it's crazy to think about now, but at that time, it was like the only club really. I mean, you had mm -hmm. some like some parents that ran their own like little clubs and <laughs> yeah. farms and stuff that, you know, got kids around, but he boss, people would come from two hours away, you know, to that Iowa wrestling room. And I mean, it was really cool because obviously it was in the Hawkeyes wrestling room. And obviously everyone that grows up in Iowa likes, 
likes that and follows Iowa wrestling. So, I mean, it was, I mean, anyone in that age group, you know, you know, four or five years older than us and even a few years younger where it was in that room. And I mean, it was, there was some scraps and it was, it was an intense environment and everyone was there to get better. And I mean, Pablo was young at that time and right out of, right out of college. So he had a lot of fire and he was still working with <laughs> those, uh, those guys and, I mean, his attention to detail was what I think everyone was there for, right? Like his passion, you could see it. Um, and his just attention to detail. He was able to take good wrestlers that were serious about it and make them great, you know, because of that attention to detail and that passion and that fire that he had. Kids fed off of it and, you know, everyone was there and there were so many good kids in that room. I mean, it was it was awesome to think about. Yeah, it was probably hard to, you know, when you're wrestling maybe in your in your high school and you're kind of the top dog, it's probably a nice, um, I won't say a nice <laughs> brood awakening, but maybe a little slice of humble pie when you go and wrestle at a, you bosses, you know, there and you're like, wow, I still have a lot of growth, growth to do when I'm getting my butt kicked. Oh yeah. I mean, and that was the goal. I mean, my dad would always take me everywhere to try to find, I mean, the goal was always to find guys that could beat you. Right. Mm -hmm. And that can push you and make sure that you, you know, reach new levels. So that was the biggest thing about going there. Um, we would battle with some kids on the weekends and they were going there and that's kind of how, Hey, come on over and check it out. And, um, and it was just obviously about getting better. I mean, guys at that time and like people traveled together and it was, there was some pretty good, areas to go and wrestle so i mean it was it was fun going to all those tournaments with some high level guys and getting better yeah what what made you also then go to young guns then it was just uh when i got to high school i mean some of the we had some connections with a lot of kids over on illinois side because we would i mean we're right we're right on the border of iowa and illinois so i kind of reached some connections with those guys and um they were training over there and I was like, definitely going to go check it out. And I just, I kind of clicked with coach Jurgens. He was, you know, a great coach technician kind of, you know, at that, at that time I was just looking for some extra training and some extra techniques and stuff. And, you know, it was great. I had some really good partners around my weight and age and I was able to kind of travel with, those guys to some dual tournaments on the young gun side and we go to like some the cool thing about young guns is they do like a travel camp where the kids from iowa go and meet up with the pennsylvania kids um and they train and vice versa the pa kids would come down to iowa you know and it's really cool those relationships that you make and i mean obviously when i was coaching a little bit um on the club circuit i would always bring some guys up to that travel camp too wherever it was at and Kind of just because I understood the value of, you know, being around kids from different areas and around the right coaches and learning from the best. So that's always that was always my goal is I wanted to be out learning and even myself learning, going and being around those coaches and having my kids experience that. I mean, that was that was always my big thing is we were going to go and experience the practice that we're running, but we're going to go out and search and find some some different looks and some different techniques and some different ways to do things. Yeah. You, you talked about goals right there a little bit. What, what were your goals heading into high school? Um, know, my, yeah. My biggest thing was just um, placing, you know, that was since I was younger, you know, I wanted to place every year. I placed every year from third through eighth grade and um, 
I wanted to just get on the podium. And obviously the ultimate goal was becoming a state champ uh, in high school. And I was able to accomplish that. But as a, as a freshman, I had a pretty good year, but I was cutting a lot of weight. I was kind of in between weight classes, like mm. 112. I ended up going down to 103. And yeah, I was, I was really, really tall and skinny and mm-hmm. kind of grew halfway through. And I made it to the state, but I was just qualifier, didn't, didn't place that year. But then I was able to use it as motivation and um, train harder. And I was able to place as a sophomore, junior, and win the state title as a senior. So the progression was was there and just kept getting better. Yeah, how hard was that then your freshman year? So, because I think, um, you know, we maybe somewhat can try to normalize that, hey, you're a tall, lean kid. You're still growing. Maybe you grow out of 103 midway through the year, and maybe it's better to go to 112. Like a lot of times, the weight you start at at the beginning of the year is the weight you need to finish. Like that's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah. You know, but in your case and in the other cases, I'm sure, like, yeah. it could be better to hey, maybe make that jump. Yeah. It, it probably would have been smarter to do that. I mean, I honestly, back then probably didn't have the right nutrition and the right way to get down to the weight. And, you know, you're a young kid, so you're not as disciplined. Um, so there's probably ways to do it a little, a little better, but at that time I didn't know. I mean, I feel like nutrition and the weight cutting now, you know, is there's a lot better ways to do it. And people are more knowledgeable about it and kind of realize that you spend all this time, in the wrestling room and the nutrition side and what you put in your body and what you fill your body, fuel your bodies with is just as important as the techniques and the practice that you're going to. So mm-hmm. definitely like to see that that is changed and people are more knowledgeable about that because it kind of makes the, the weight cutting stuff, not as bad. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's always going to be um, disciplines and a little struggle in that. Um, but if you're doing it the right way, it's, it's not, it's not as bad and it's not as miserable. So, yeah. And then, so in high school, um, did you cut a lot of weight in high school then going forward? Um, just my, uh, my first couple years, um, I, my sophomore year, I cut, I cut some weight, um, but I was, did it, did it the right way. Coach Bush kind of sat me down and I started off at a little heavier weight class for the, in the beginning of the year. And then I was like, Hey, I think I want to go down a little bit. Um, and then we kind of sat and met and said, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it the right way. And here's the nutrition plan that you're going to follow. And this is what you're going to do, you know? And I, I, I followed it. And although I was cutting some weight, I was feeling good, you know, and mm-hmm. wasn't really having those, big uh, gains in yo-yo diets. I was kind of staying close and doing it the right way. So I was able to kind of wrestle at my ability. So how were you able to cut weight while working at Whitey's? (laughs) It was tough. It was tough. (laughs) I did did work at Whitey's for three and a half years. (laughs) Um, It was, it was tough. I still love ice cream this day. It's like, yeah. My biggest thing is I love ice cream. I probably snuck some of the little samples at the time. <laughs> that was <laughs> it was rough. Uh during wrestling season, I didn't work as much, so it wasn't bad, but I definitely worked on I worked every Sunday and um sometime during the week. But it was it was challenging, you know, it was challenging. That's when that discipline comes in, you yeah. know. <laughs> but I definitely made up for it in the off season. <laughs> I ate my fair amount of ice cream. <laughs> Dude, my favorite is White Tiger Paws. Because I, you know, like I said, my wife is from Davenport, so I really never heard about Whitey's or anything. Mm-hmm. And then we go there to see your parents or whatever, and it's like 
got to go to Whitey's. And so um, that's the one I get. I don't know. Do you have a favorite? Um, I, uh, I kind of change it up every time, yeah. like every other time. But I, I mean, I think it was like the chocolate peanut butter Ravel or something. That one was really good. Um, <laughs> but I just went back. Um, I did a young guns camp the about a month ago and, Stopped at the at the Whitey's every time I'm in town. I grabbed some. I got some white chocolate raspberry though. That was pretty good. So still, still big advocate of uh Whitey's and eating ice cream. So. Yeah. Yep. Luckily, so I'm out in Omaha and um they have it out here in the high V. Just at the high V, that's yep. it. So I can still get my fix every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so your sophomore year, you know, you made the move. Um, you got six, you know, yeah. was that still an accomplishment in, in and of itself to get on the podium? Like you said, it was an accomplishment. Um, I got on the podium and made, made the semifinals yeah. and obviously ran into a tough kid from Ballard and, um, and then I, I battled back. I was in the, I was in the consolation semi finals and lost, like, I think it was like a overtime match or it was like a really last minute exchange and kind of so it was kind of i mean obviously would like to do you know finish and go back and get the next best thing and get third but close match at the end could go either way and yeah six and it was it was a goal um but then i was able to i was able to use it and that was the biggest thing is when i never like reached the goal at hand i was always able to use it as motivation to to get better and to go seek out opportunities to get better so mm-hmm. how i kind of look at it if you don't get what you want you know just keep go go find things so that doesn't happen and so it doesn't get better and it kind of followed me through my career and i was able to kind of do that yeah so then your senior year you know you got you know you got sixth and fourth you know mm-hmm. you, you actually sort of used that as motivation and you didn't make it happen let it happen again you lost in the semis as a as a junior but yeah. this time you bounced back and won on the Conti semis and you finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your senior year, you won it. Did you just feel ready? Like this was my time? I was. Yeah, my junior year, um, I was kind of done cutting weight a little bit. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go this way. And it was uh, probably one of the best weights in the tournament. I mean, you had, yeah. you know, Seth Noble, two-time state champ, Hyatt, two-time state champ. Sorensen, myself, all top four. So I just wanted to go and worry about just getting better. You know, the, the, the outcome wasn't as important at that time to just go and wrestle the best kids and, you know, feel good doing it and just being about training and getting better. And I knew that if I focused on that and that was kind of the changing point in my career um, that I was able to kind of, catapult that and then obviously my senior year I was undefeated and same thing went up two weight classes and wrestled uh in a bracket that had the returning state champ and had a whole bunch of really good guys but it, it wasn't about that it wasn't super focused on the state championship it was in the process and you know just wrestling the best kids and getting better because I had bigger goals you know I wanted to wrestle in college and I you know and when I started fo- taking the focus away from the outcome of like state champ, you know, and just going and getting better and wrestling the best kids. I mean, that was when I feel like it really clicked for me and I was able to really start enjoying the process and wrestling my best, my best wrestling. 
Yeah. What then? What led? What? Uh, excuse me. What led you to Wartburg then? Um, I mean, they were they were recruiting me. Um, came down to school and and I had I was down to a bunch of colleges. Um, and it's crazy. I, w- I was actually leaning towards a few other colleges and kind of didn't uh didn't foresee myself going to Wartburg. And then I just had a change of heart in in the it was like late June that I decided <laughs> I was going to Wartburg. Oh. So. I was actually, I mean, it was crazy. It was late June. I remember that. And it was like, I just called up the coaches. And I was like, you know what? I know I, I kind of been a little silent, but you know, I was leaning a different way, but this something kept telling me that I wanted to reach my goals and it had to be in the best environment. And that's when I decided to go to Warburg and it was kind of really, really good decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what made you like you say it was just sort of uh, a feeling but what led you to Wartburg what was that feeling do you know what that describe it a little bit I can't really remember what it was but it was like I was leaning towards a few other places and then I mm-hmm. went out for the Virginia Beach duels with young guns and I was kind of I was kind of just around some really good kids and they were a lot, most of them were already committed somewhere on the team because it was a team that it was, it was mostly the Pennsylvania kids. And then I was a few Iowa kids on there on that team. And then just hearing them talk about like their colleges and their college experiences and kind of like the places they were going and what they were looking for. I was like, that's Warburg. That's Warburg. Everything they were saying for me, what they liked about their places and their coaching staffs and stuff, it was more like, that just kind of had that moment for me. And it was like, that's the place I need to be. So got back from that trip. And then like a couple of weeks later, I decided I was going to go to Warburg. Did you ever feel like, uh, like you needed, you know, time is ticking here. Obviously it's June, you know, did, what made you wait so long? Cause it's, it's good that, you know, someone on here is like, Hey, I waited a little bit, you know, cause mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays kids, I feel almost have to know where they're going right away. When it's like, yo, you can take a step back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just the biggest thing is like I had such a great experience with my teammates and my high school coaches and stuff. Like, so I was just looking for that, you know, and I hadn't I mean, I visited a bunch of places at all different levels. And I was just like, there was a few places that could have been, but it wasn't it wasn't what I was looking for, you know with that relationship with the coaches and the new environment and the expectation, it would just wasn't, it wasn't there yet. And then obviously it was obviously Warburg. Yeah. It worked out great. <laughs> yeah. How, how'd your freshman year go at Warburg? Um, it was, it was a good year. Um, I was able to, I came in thinking I was going to go 57. Um, but then Carrington Banks, decided to drop down from 65 to 74. And he kind of, at the time we had a kid that was a second semester guy returning all American. So I was able to jump in at 165 and um, get a lot of uh, experience as a freshman, um, wrestling some dual meets and all the way through, you know, almost towards the end of the year. And um, I think I only lost like three matches um, as a freshman, you know, so it was, it was actually crazy. Like so most of those kids were like on the podium too. And all the kids that I lost to in close matches, 
um, were on the podium that year. And it just, it's just different. I mean, at the time you were all, you're like, God, I wish I would have been the guy at the end, but looking back, understood that I just wasn't hundred percent ready mentally and physically to, to jump in. So they end up using the guy, the, the return all American from the last year. Um, so wasn't the guy at the end as a freshman, but like I said, I was able to use it as motivation. And I was like, I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to make sure that I train all off season. I'm going to get better and go find opportunities to get, you know, really, really good and make sure that that next year that I'm the guy and, you know, that there's no, uh, no reason I can't win it. Yeah. Well, how did you have success right away? I know that may be a silly question, but like, I mean, you, you just said you were at an upper weight, you come mm-hmm. in as a freshman, um, not to knock anything, but like there probably might've been some other kids that had more credentials than you, but here you are shining above the rest of them. You know, yeah. how did you have immediate success like that? Um, I mean, my biggest thing I think at the time was my top wrestling. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of known for my top wrestling. Yeah. Um, I go and do top clinics all over the country, but that kind of allowed me to neutralize some of the, some of the guys that were maybe bigger, faster, stronger, you know, better wrestlers at the time. Um, I always had an opportunity on top. And a lot of times I could slow the match down, get on top, get some turns or at least get in that riding time point. And I think that was the biggest transition. I mean, I had, if I wanted to reach my goals, I needed to get better on my feet. I needed to get better on bottom, but having that top that top game was was big for me to be able to compete as a freshman um obviously i wasn't at the level that i need to be at yet on those other positions but i was i was in the right environment and around the right coaches to to make that change and that's what i did yeah you said you're good on top and i remember yep um what made you so tough in the top position um, it was just something that we fo- I focused on when I was younger too. I was always good on the top, but kind of in, in that assumption room, um, I, we really, I mean, coach Bush is a top, top guy too. So he taught a lot of top stuff to me. Coach Pribble was a big top guy too. I mean, kind of helped me develop a lot of my tilts. Um, obviously coach Bush was more of the leg riding and crab riding that I do. Um, and then even that young guns, obviously, and that was just the extra stuff too I was looking for. And the young guns had a pretty big focus on top. And um, I was always just looking for ways to do it. And we focused a lot on it too. Like we kind of, I, mean, I feel like the room was a little different. Like we focused a lot on top wrestling, a lot of rooms just focused nothing but feet takedowns and letting them up. We would go in there and we would drill, you know, top for the whole practice just about. So and most of my individual sessions, we would work on top, you know. So I always say, if you really want to be good somewhere, you got you got to focus there, and you got to spend some hours in there. And I mean, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you hold? Like you said, you were able to neutralize the match and hold guys who may have been bigger than you down. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I mean, it's hard to hold somebody who's bigger than you on the mat, mm-hmm. you know, for two minutes. You know, geez, I, I just can't imagine because what we were at 65 at that time, right? Yep, yep. I mean, there's some brutes at 165. I yeah, I was skinny too. I was tall and skinny. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, so your sophomore year, again, looking at that coming out, you had a lot of motivation, I assume, and mm-hmm. 
just enjoyed the process. You weren't necessarily looking. It sounds like your mindset was never to look at the end goal of like a champion or anything. It was the process, but did you have a feeling that maybe this, like you could step in right away and be highly successful like you were? I mean, the goal was obviously like we off that freshman, my freshman year, that bad group. um, So the team won the national title when I was a freshman. Um, But I think we graduated like seven, seven guys off that lineup, you know, so they were kind of people were thinking that it was going to be a a down year that very next year. And we brought some young kids in into that lineup and with a lot of firepower. Um, So we just went to work, you know, we talked about what we wanted and we held each other accountable to, to get that done. And I mean, I think we ended up with five in the finals, four champs, um, seven or eight, all, I think eight all Americans. So on a year that, you know, you had a lot of unknown, you know, we, we had a bunch of guys jump, but it was because the work that was done, you know, in the off season, um, preseason kind of just, you know, finding opportunities to get better and, guys were motivated and hungry and we had the right guys around us that were going to hold each other accountable and make each other better and push each other to, to new heights. And that, I mean, that was the, that was, it was an unreal environment that we were, that I got to be a part of. Yeah. And when you step out there, you know, like with as good as Warburg has been over the last, you know, 25 years or, or so, or whatever it is, you know, they felt like, could you feel that the, the, you know, the other teams thought that this could be their year? Like, could you kind of sense that maybe in your room a little bit? Like they think we're, they think we're on a down year. Let's yeah, freaking show them what's up. No, I, I feel like there's always teams, you know, and that, I mean, that's, that's the fun part. There's always a team and it's usually a different team, you know, every couple, couple years. And they're like, they're ready to go. They think it's going to be their time and they they're fired up and rally up to try to, to they win the thing and beat beat us and i mean i think those are the those are the fun years i think the fun years are the years that you know you're not as you're not as favored or you you don't have as many returners and i mean i know that's the fun year as a coach that i like to i like to kind of do is because i know i know what our guys and our young guys and the guys that might not on paper be um there yet but I know what they're capable of. And I mean, it's, it's our coaching staff and the, the kind of the older leaders on the team's job to kind of bring it out of those guys. And I mean, it usually happens um, just about every year and, you know, guys, guys make their mark and they, they write their, their name in history. And um, it's crazy what someone like with what that singlet can do, like it was their opportunity to put that singlet on and wrestle for something bigger than themselves. Like, they are able to kind of switch it over in their mind and jump levels. And when it's their time and it's their time in the, the, the lineup, they, they make the most of it. Yeah. You talked about as a coach, you know, seeing and kind of understanding what your athletes are capable of, but as an athlete, when you were wrestling, did you understand maybe what you were capable of, or did you have to have kind of that epiphany or realization that like, I am capable of doing great things? Yeah. I mean, I think as a coach, you see it a little easier, but as an athlete, like, um, you don't see it as much, you know, and I mean, you have to kind of have that confidence that you're prepared and you're ready. And I mean, that's what the coaches, and that's why, I mean, we've had, I mean, when I, we have unreal coaches now, we have really, really good coaches and the environment that we're in, like it's those coaches and they were able to bring it out of us, each and every one of us. Cause like 
what got me, you know, thinking that way was different for another guy, you know, or what I needed was different than, you know, say our 25 or our heavyweight. And I think that's what the best was about Warburg is they realized that and they made sure that they knew each and every one of our guys and what it took to make us operate at that level and to think at that level and to, you know, dig deep and run through that wall and kind of, you know, reach those goals. Yeah. When you, did, were there times that you had to dig deep that you had, you know, went a week or a month or whatever, and you were just getting your butt kicked in the room and you're like, man, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am, or, you know, I need to get better, but I just trying to figure out how, you know, did you have some of those, you know, realizations as you were going through? For sure. I mean, we had so many good kids below above. And I mean, there was days, you know, and it was usually based on like who you were wrestling, right? Like I would always wrestle our 57 Carrington banks. And I mean, he was so good on his feet and it was a position that I wasn't as good at, but you know, I got my butt kicked and he would take me down and let me up. And, um, but it made me better, you know? And I mean, I was able to wrestle in a position that I wasn't as good in with him, that he was one of the best in the country's end. So I mean, at the time that it was like, dang, you know, that stinks. Um, you just realize that it's getting you better. And, um, and I mean, it was the same thing. I'm sure I did that, you know, to young kids too. And they, you know, they were able to just keep getting better and realize that the time will come and, that these coaches see their work and they're going to, they're going to build them up and get them to find out how good they can be. Yeah. And you probably had extra motivation to get good on your feet because there were, there probably came a time where people stopped going underneath you and where it's like, well, the only way to get on top is either I choose top or I take them down. Yeah, no, that, that exactly was the thought process. And that, that I, I competed back when there was only three point near fall too. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, now if, if I was wrestling, now, dinosaur. I'd, I'd pick, I'd pick top every single time. Yeah. There was times that I would pick top, but I mean, I, depending on what the score and the situation was, um, I didn't pick top, but that as much, but I did pick top a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing was that was my, that was my thing was I just gotta get one takedown. Right. So that's what I started focusing on, like just getting one takedown because it's a lot easier to turn people when you're winning by a few and you're on top compared to even match or um, losing. I mean, guys wrestle differently. And I always thought that the I struggled with guys that would just stay there and clamp down um, early on. So if they're trying to get out, you're you're wrestling right into my wheelhouse. So the more they do on the bottom, the better it was for me to, you know, take them where I wanted them to go. So that'd be that that can get frustrating as a top guy, you know, because I I I wrestled pretty conservatively on the bottom, not you know sometimes too much where it's like I'm not getting pinned, so I'll almost do anything, yeah. you know, to kind of roll up in a ball almost, you know, and. um that can be tough on the top guy where you just get frustrated. Like he's just, they're just not doing anything. Yeah. No, I was able to kind of get creative and I feel like I kind of had a unique style on top that it wasn't just like one-sided. Like I just didn't just ride legs. I just didn't tilt. Like I kind of rode a little legs, crab road tilt. So I kind of had like one thing wasn't working. I was able to kind of go to the next thing and stuff. And that's what I kind of, 
preach today as a coach is kind of getting good at a bunch of different things on top. So if they, they stop one thing, you're able to go right to the next thing. So chain wrestling on top, just as much as you would chain wrestle on your feet. Yeah. I think that can be overlooked a little bit sometimes, you know, like the two programs that stick out to me was yeah. Assumption and Don Bosco, you know, obviously they're really known for their top wrestling and chain wrestling on the top position. It doesn't get talked about as much as like you just said, uh, in the neutral position, you know, you got to put three moves together to get a takedown. Well, sometimes you got to put three moves together to get a turn. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And that's, it's a big focus of mine is that and kids that I've coached, you know, on the youth side or even in the college side, I did talk about it all the time. And when I do camps, like I always talk about that too, finding the position on top that you want to get really, really good at. And then obviously the chain wrestling on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so your sophomore year, you won, you, you know, you won the national title. Obviously I assume that was a, a goal, but how sweet was it to, you know, come out on top. And did you even think that was a possibility? Um, I knew it was a possibility. Um, but that my sophomore year, I, I had some losses and, uh, had a kid in the bracket that I, and while well, I knew I was going to have to wrestle him at the, the, the qualifier and I knew I was going to probably have to wrestle him in the national tournament and I had never beaten him, you know, up until the national final. So, I mean, I knew, and it was a stylistic, matchup that wasn't a good matchup for me right obviously leclerc freaking hand fought and went a hundred miles an hour and that was something like early on like i didn't really like doing right i didn't want to i tried to not i tried to conserve energy um and i obviously he would hand fight for seven straight minutes you know and get me out of position so Kind of, I mean, I think we wrestled, we wrestled earlier. I'm trying to think if we wrestled earlier that year. I can't remember, but I know we wrestled at the the qualifier and he beat me, but it was, there was a point in the year that I was like, and my coach had said, like, you're just going to have to embrace it. You know, you're going to have to get in the best shape of your life. You're going to have to, you know, stop avoiding fatigue and just make it who you are. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to beat that guy, you're going to have to just, wrestle you know wrestle for seven straight minutes and up until that i didn't do it right and then made my mind up in the in the middle of the year that i was going to do it right and then in that finals match i mean even the the regional or i think it was a, the conference at the time we had to wrestle i mean he ended up getting me in the last 20 seconds of the qualifier and the same thing happened in the national tournament it was literally seven minutes of just brawling and free and uh wrestling right in every position yeah uh how difficult then so you come back the next year with a target on your back mm-hmm. you know i've talked to a few people um who say that you know people wrestle you differently mm-hmm. after you win you know national tournament or a high level tournament people just like they wrestle you differently you know did you feel like that was sort of the case your junior year um it was a little bit the case i mean guys were guys were gunning for you. You were going to get everyone's best match. Um, I just feel like, I mean, the reason I didn't win was I just didn't do enough. Right. I thought that what I was doing, you know, or what I did before was going to carry me through. And um, I just, I mean, I was still wrestling, you know, I just wasn't putting in that, that same level of commitment. I thought it was just going to happen. And that's the worst thing that you can get into. Um, 
I was in, I was undefeated up until the national tournament. Um, and I mean, it was a huge, so Nazar was coming up from 57. So that was some motivation. He was coming up from 57. He was the champ. I was the 65 champ. So I was, I was looking forward to that. So that was, that was giving me the motivation, but I just realized at the time I just, I mean, looking back at it, you know, now that I'm kind of reflected on it and I'm in the coaching mindset now is I just didn't do enough. Right. I kind of let the, the national titles of sophomore get to my head a little bit. And, you know, I was like, thought that it was going to happen because I did it as a sophomore in a, in a bracket that was really, really tough. Mm -hmm. So, um, still bummed. I wish I would have been able to wrestle Nazar. We never ended up wrestling that year. You know, he was undefeated going in. I was undefeated. It was going to be a really, really good, uh, match. And then I ended up getting upset in the semis. Um, so came back and got fourth. Um, but I used it. I always, I always said like, I'm not, I'm not watching another finals match in the stands. So. Yeah. Uh, when did you realize that you weren't, you know, was it that loss that kind of, or that tournament that woke you up a little bit and said, man, maybe I'm not doing enough. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I mean, you know, having that fire to, to win it as a sophomore and the motivation, you know, I, I just thought it was just going to happen again, you know, cause I, cause I won it the year before and that's that, that, that never will happen. You got to do more. I feel like you got to do more. Um, and that's what I, I've been talking to some, like our guys that have won it last year that are going to come back and go for another one. I always told them now that I was like, Hey, learn from me. Like I, you got to do more, like you got to be more hungry. You got to do more. You gotta, you gotta do more to, to get better. You gotta master your craft even more because winning an, the, another one will be harder than winning the first one. So, yeah. And then what made you decide to go up a weight your senior year? You went from 65, you made the jump to 74. So it was strictly a team thing. Um, I was not a big 74 pounder. I think I was weighing around like 171. Um, really? I was tall, but I was weighing like 171 by the end of the year. But so my roommate, Cole Welter, Don Bosco kid, right, was cutting to 150 because I was at 65 for three years. He was at 157 for three years and he was cutting though. And he just was, he was done cutting weight. Right. And I mean, we kind of talked and I was like, I'll go up if you go up. And then it also opened up a, a spot for our other roommate, which was Brett Yankovic. Um, so Brett went down, Brett cut down to 57, Cole went up to 65 and I went up to 74. And I mean, I thought it was best for the team. I thought it was best for my, my roommates. Um, and so I gave up a little weight, but I felt like I would be fine doing it. Um, so long as I worked hard and I was motivated. Um, so it worked out good. Um, Brett was a national qualifier. Cole ended up winning the national title at 165 and I won the title at 174. So it worked wow. out good. I mean, I yeah. wow. Sorry, I'm just taking that. I'm like, that's really admirable. Like, I mean, you didn't have to. You were undersized. Yeah. And, you know, it was your senior year. So it was last shot at, re, you know, at getting your second national title. I mean, it all worked out. But I'm just saying in that moment, or, you know, during that time, it's, you know. I mean, that was a group of guys that I came in. Right. I mean, 
going back to what I was talking about, I was looking for that, you know, that group of guys and the coaches mm-hmm. and stuff. Like those are my guys that I came in with, you know, since day one, you know, and yeah. I felt like, you know, if I, if it wasn't for those guys, cause those guys are my practice partners. Those are the guys that are around 24 seven. We live together. You know, we spent summers together. We, you know, if it wasn't for those guys, I wouldn't have been as good as I was. So like for me to try to be selfish and not, you know, give them the best opportunity to, you know, give, you know, to get what they want. And I mean, we've been talking since we were freshmen about winning the team title all four years. And I felt like, you know, for the team, that was the best thing. And, um, at the, I mean, I obviously it, it worked out great. And, um, I was able to wrestle free and they were able to kind of push me throughout that year too, you know, and Cole was able to go up away, feel a lot better. And, you know, and he was able to practice and, give me, get me better that year, which I felt was able to, you know, was able to get me to the level I needed to be as a senior, even if I was a little smaller, giving up a weight, like it was, it wasn't about that. It was, I mean, Cole was able to feel good and be the best workout partner in in the country for me, you know, vice versa. So. Yeah. How cool was it then to see them, you know, Brett make it to nationals and Cole win a national title, you know, that just had to be, extra special you know for you it was great you know and that's the biggest thing is i mean we i feel like at warburg it's it's not really so much about the individual obviously we we want as individuals to win national titles and stuff but i mean the the environment and the team aspect of uh of this place is what's really really special but it's a it's what's also able to make us achieve the things that we do right i mean we wrestle for each other, you know, you wrestle for the singlet, you wrestle for the people that wrestled before, before you. And you know, that will wrestle after you, but you're wrestling for the guys on your team, you know, and that's what's able to make you reach the level that you need to be, because, you know, if you're trying to just do it for yourself and, you know, it's, it's not going to work. You need, you need your coaches, you need your training partners, you need, you need everyone. It takes everyone to win a, a national title. That's why when every time we win a national title as a team, you know, every single guy in our program, all the managers, they all get little mini national championship trophies because it takes every, every single person. Yeah. I'm reading. Um, so Jim Miller came out with a book, I'm sure, you know, called do it anyway. And I'm, I'm reading that. And that's, I think like in this first chapter or his second chapter is like that. That's one of his key takeaways. Um, um, what was it like being underneath Cole Welter? I mean, that dude can ride too. I mean, where do you get many escapes from that guy? <laughs> it was tough. You know, I mean, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, I, that was one of the things I identified it early on in my wrestling in college was I had to get better at bottom and, and on my feet, but in, on bottom as I went and wrestled Cole underneath, you know, and he's a right leg rider, real clingy cradle guy. So um, I spent a lot of time there, just like he spent a lot of time probably you. wrestling underneath, but <laughs> you know, frustrating times, you know, probably close to ending and fist fights and stuff. But obviously when we left we were still, you know, really good friends, but we realized that it, it, uh, it made us better. And, you know, if I could get away from Cole, I was going to get away from anyone. And if he could get away from me, he was going to get away from, you know, everyone. And we weren't competing. I mean, we're on the same team, right? So we were, you know, we were training to, to beat other people, but why not wrestle the best guys to, um, to, uh, 
can prepare for the best guys. So, yeah. So how sweet, you know, um, that senior year to go out a national champion, you know, and, and a team champion. And I mean, it just seems like the senior year was, was pretty special for you team title. You won a national title. You saw your friends compete at the national tournament. One of them, you know, one of your roommates won a national title, like just all in all that senior year must've been pretty, pretty amazing. It was. And I mean, it's still the only, uh, only time in division three that the teams won four in a row. So, um, it was, it was really special, you know, and it's just the, the group of guys that you do it with and the coaches that you do it for. And, you know, got to, it, it was just a really, really good environment. And, you know, it was, it was kind of just a good, like cap off, like what we, what we talked about why we, when we were young, you know, I think people probably thought we were a little crazy as a young age. I mean, we had a really good group that came in and we kept each other accountable and motivated and made sure people stuck it out. And cause we realized that, you know, their time was going to come and um, we needed all them to to reach those goals. So yeah, we came in right away and we're like, we want to win all four and we want all of us to do really, really well. And um, it was just special doing it together and doing it, you know, because there was times, you know, that I needed to be built up and brought, brought along. And there was times that those guys needed to, and, you know, they were, we were good enough friends and good enough teammates that, you know, that we had the hard conversations with each other and, you know, that kept each other accountable and realized that like we needed all those guys to stay locked in. And, you know, we still, we still had fun and, and did things outside of wrestling too. But, you know, when it was wrestling season and when it was time to compete, we, we did it. Yeah. And it was, you know, from a fan perspective, it was, it was fun um, because we're all the, like, I'm the same age as all you guys. So I watched you guys grow up, competed against Brett. I don't know how many amount of times could never beat him, but you know, just watching you guys and then seeing that translate to college. I mean, probably had the same effect as, you know, with you watching your teammates throughout high school careers and then now being on the same team. And it was just like an Iowa group is what I'm getting at. So it was just fun to see like, you know, Iowa kids have success and, and win at the next level too. I mean, but yeah. Um, so what did you guys do for fun? I, I assume golf. I've seen you guys golfing quite a bit. So mm-hmm. um, I'm actually horrible at golf. I just go out there to kind of hang out and talk about wrestling. Um, we kind of just, hung out you know and that was the thing is like we were a unique group of guys and we we did everything together we, you know we went to concerts in the summers and we went back to each other's hometowns and you know there's times we spent you know time together and i mean what we we did just i mean we played uh play wiffle ball a lot um because i mean cole's a big baseball guy right he played Moscow. Yeah, we did we did some slow pitch um during intramural season um put uh put a team together cole cole would do like uh competitive slow pitch we kind of just did the little intramural league and stuff but i mean we we watched we watched sports together i mean we kind of just were around each other you know and outside of wrestling just finding things that uh you know that we could you know be together outside of wrestling you know and kind of take our mind off of wrestling Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure I was talking about rest the whole time, which probably annoyed those guys, but, um, uh, but yeah, we just kind of found a balance outside. And I mean, the good part about Warburg is 
they talk about that, you know, the coaches and we do now too, is just finding the balance outside of the wrestling, you know, the wrestling season, the wrestling room. And, um, Kind of, I think that's a good way to, you know, kind of keep you fresh and, you know, whether it's in season, finding that balance and finding those breaks or, you know, outside of the season, you know, still, still finding ways to get better, but it doesn't have to be a grind. You know, it's just, you know, going in there and working on, working on techniques and positions and, you know, staying in shape, but really working on bettering your craft. Yeah, no, I, I guess I want to touch on too real quick before I let you go is you went down to Holy Cross School in New Orleans. Yep. So, I mean, you you sort of got out of got out of town for a little bit. What was that like and what was the behind the decision to to go down to Louisiana? Um, I always talked about that. I wanted to kind of go somewhere and um, go somewhere that wasn't big at wrestling, you know, and kind of give those kids opportunities to, to get better. And that was my biggest thing is I wanted to create some opportunities for kids that probably wouldn't have got it elsewhere or another opportunity. So I, uh, I graduated and I coached at Warburg for one year and then I moved down to new Orleans and I was coaching the high school there. And I was also started my club down there um, by elite wrestling club. And my biggest thing was just giving them opportunities like, we practiced, I gave, I gave them an opportunity to practice, you know, year round. And, um, some kids did other sports, but the, the opportunity was there to, to practice when they were done with those sports. Um, but, and just give them the opportunity to travel and get experience from, you know, coaches that have been wrestling their whole lives and taking them all over to tournaments and camps. And, um, that was my biggest thing is was just, creating those opportunities for those kids and kind of just bringing my love and passion for the sport to a place that, you know, baseball and football are king. So I found kids that kids and parents that, you know, wanted to invest time in wrestling. And, um, and I, you know, gave them my full attention and knowledge and experience and brought them to places that they probably wouldn't get the opportunity to go to and around coaches and athletes that they wouldn't uh normally train with and it, it was it was great i mean i still follow those kids i still talk to a lot of those parents and you know kids to this day so it's really really cool to kind of see them uh be able to reach goals and um levels that you know on paper down there probably wasn't, you know, seemed feasible. Um, but I think if you're, you have the right environment and the right coaches and the right kids and the right parents that are committed and I think, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. What even, how'd you even end up down there in, to begin with? Like you said, you wanted to go somewhere where wrestling maybe needed a little more you know, investment. So how'd you even end up at Holy Cross? So, um, Holy Cross would come up to our Warburg team camp for a few years that I was in college and I was kind of a technician during that time. And then like, I think they came up that year too. And, uh, coach DeSormo, which was the Dean of men at the time. Um, he's now the principal down there kind of just said, Hey, do you want to, we need young coaches that are motivated and fired up. So at the time, myself and Dylan Azinger, which is a college teammate of mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, we moved down there together and kind of 
jumped right into the high school scene. We were teaching and coaching that. And then we thought like, Hey, let's, let's do it. There wasn't a lot of clubs down there. There wasn't a lot of like youth training opportunities. So we we're like, Hey, let's start our club and give some young kids uh, a chance to train at a younger age, you know, and do some things that haven't been done down there. So that was kind of the goal and, and it worked out great. Dang. Yeah. Is he still down there? No, nope. He moved back. He moved back a year before I did. Um, so he moved back and then I coached down there for another year. And then I end up getting the opportunity to come back to Warburg. So um, super hard to leave because we, right. we had some really good kids and some parents that were bought in. And um, most of them are still doing really big things um, now. Um, but we always talk about how it, how it could have been if we all would have stuck together and um, kept on the progression and kept doing what, what the goal was. Yeah. What, um, so did somebody then you pass the torch to somebody else down there that has taken over since then, or I did. Um, but then, I mean, it's just, they, they, people don't stay down there. Like they get different, you know, coaching jobs and, back home and um and it's kind of i mean they're still doing it. the club the club isn't really uh it kind of disbanded so the club's not going on anymore and the um coaches have left and then like there's a bunch of kids that moved out of the state of louisiana now you know i think you know four four moved to iowa and a few to pa and so that core group is kind of like all over the place now um different different clubs different schools you know, different parts of the country. So um, just not the same because, I mean, part of our, you know, our system was like having all the like-minded kids and all the parents and coaches. And so it's just different now. So, yeah, we're, we're the frost twins from down yep. there. Yep. Yep. I started with those guys when they were really young. So, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're two of, two of the original Original yeah. elite kids. So, no kidding. Yeah, they are. So they they're they're really good. Obviously, I was able to show them some stuff on on top. So I think they translated that right over to the high school and college wrestling, which is always good as a coach to kind of um, you know watch and feel good about. And I love I love watching those guys compete. Yeah. So then, uh, I guess how'd you end up back here at Warburg? Just did Coach Keller just give you a shout and see if you're interested. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a, I mean, after Azinger left down in, uh, down Louisiana, it was just when we were down there together, it was like the perfect balance of me getting to do the things that I wanted to do and the things that I was good at. And he got to do the things that he was really good at. So when I kind of lost him from being down there, it kind of, we had to kind of reset with some, other coaches, which was good. It just wasn't the same, you know? And I was like, um, we still had really good coaches at that time. Um, but I was just ready to kind of get back to the, to the Midwest, you know? And, um, I felt like, you know, I developed as a coach and I wanted to kind of try to get back into, uh, college wrestling a little bit more because I've been away and I hadn't been able to kind of follow it as much as I'd want to. So I kind of moved back and I was doing a little like, youth stuff with some individuals in the area and kind of just helping out on a volunteer side of the, on the, the college side. And then the opportunity came to kind of go full-time college. And, you know, I was like, I'm definitely going to 
do it because it's obviously to be able to do it at Warburg. I mean, there's no place I'd rather do it at, you know, to start my college coaching back up is, you know, at Warburg College. Yeah. What else do you do besides coach? Do you do anything else at the university? Um, so I do, so I do some event management for the football team. So, nice. yeah, which is, which is really fun to do. Cause I'm able to kind of be right on the sideline at the football games and our football team's really, really good. Yeah. So it's always fun. And we got some few kids that are on the football team and wrestling team. So we like to support those guys and they support us and, Football teams always the the rowdiest and come in the big numbers for our dual meets. So I mean, we obviously respect those coaches and for them getting those guys out to our dual meets and the guys that do both. And um, that's a good unique thing about Warburg is people support each other. Uh, you know, in in the athletic department and just as as a uh, you know fans for the other sporting teams, which I love. Yeah. When when do you start? So as a coach. You know, as an athlete, I'm sure it's different. But when do you start feeling the itch to get to get the season going? You know, like, are you already ready for the season to begin? I'm all I'm ready to, for the season to begin, just so we can get on the mat. You know, yeah. and kind of start working with guys. I'm gonna be. I'm a big. I'm still on the mat just about every day, and you know, during the season, and I just, you know, I always get that itch to start working with guys, and I want them to get better, and you know, the guys that we recruit here, and you know, I feel like. I mean, I always like to take those kids that, you know, want to be good and give them a little bit of knowledge and kind of just work with them and see what they what they can do to get better. And um, so I'm excited for this upcoming year and to get to work when when the time comes. Yeah. Lastly, you know, one of my bucket lists and I think it should be on every wrestling fans bucket list bucket list. If you're a wrestling fan, uh, the Battle of the Bergs you know, get to one of those dual meets. Um, what What is that atmosphere like both at Waverly, you know, and, and also when you're wrestling up in Augsburg? Um, I mean, each place, it has its own unique things. Um, I think in when it's in Waverly, I think it's, uh, I think it's a little more packed. Um, and then the environment is pretty unique when you go to, when you go down to Augsburg, you know, they do a spotlight. Sometimes they do a stage. Um, but I think the unique part about it is not only like the communities and the, you know, the surrounding areas come out, but all those different alumni and all those people that have, you know, done it before you, they all come out and, um, the environment's just, you know, like no other, because most of the time it's, we're ranked one or they're ranked one and the others ranked two. And, um, obviously it's been 30 years and Warburg or Augsburg won the national title. Um, so it's usually a highly ranked matchup at every single weight class. And I mean, the good there's, it, you'll never be able to predict how it's going to go. I mean, that's, I think the, the crazy part about it is, you know, if you sit down and try to predict how it's going to go, it's, it'll happen 10 different ways because I mean, it's, it's a crazy environment. And I mean, but that's usually what, you know, guys talk about, you know, five years from now, they always talk about those battle of bird duels. And I mean, it's a, and I think it's the respect level of mm-hmm. each team. I mean, obviously we want to win and they want to win, but I mean, we, re, we respect those guys and it's a, it's a mutual respect um, over there. So, and with us and 
but it'll be fun um, this year. It's it's down or it's up in Augsburg, and and I'm I think it's going to be a pretty good environment. Um, I just saw those guys out in Fargo, so I think they're ready to get the season going, and I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, what's what's the biggest difference about being an athlete in that environment versus a coach? Um. I don't know. I feel like I get more nervous as a coach at times <laughs> than um, in an athlete in in that environment. I just think, obviously, as a coach, it's trying to get those guys to our guys to realize, like, although it's the environment that you're in and it's the Battle of the Bergs, it's just another it's just another duel me. It's just another match, right? Don't let it be bigger than it is, you know. Don't really stress about it. Don't get don't get caught up in, you know, what's happening before and, you know, just wrestle the same. And it's hard to not do that, but kind of get it through those guys to just stay focused on your match and, you know, kind of get fired up for your teammates and stuff. But don't get so engulfed in it that it it overtakes you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially depending on how those first couple matches starts. And um, if, I mean, normally we start at 25, but now with the new rules that you can kind of flip for the weight class and stuff, we kind of flipped a few times and starts at different weight classes and it's, gets pretty heated. Yeah. Did, um, did it ever start? Like, did you ever start a duel or did that come about after you graduated? Um, no, I think it, I think it came, I feel like you could have drawn back then, like you put yeah. all the weights in a hat and do it, but like, I don't think they really did it much anymore, but now it's like change. Yeah. Now it's a coin flip. So it's a coin flip. And if you call it, so say we call it heads, we get to pick the weight class that we start at. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer just like a random 10 draw. It's like you, you win the flip, you get to pick exactly what weight class you want but then the other team gets to pick even or odds like where they want their choice at. So that's kind of changed it a little bit. And um, obviously there's a lot of variables to decide if you want to do that or not, but right. Um, so, yeah, that's, that would be interesting, you know, like, cause you're, you're 65, you know, you wrestled 65 and if your coach came in and said, Hey, we're starting at 65 tonight. I mean, that would throw off a that, that might throw a could draw the routine could yeah I mean, it is different um no I, I don't think i ever really started a duel meet but there'd be some like those duels like the bigger duels like a battle of bergs we do an intermission which is a little mm-hmm. different than what we would do normally throughout the year we wouldn't do mm-hmm. an intermission um so i feel like i was after the intermission yeah a lot of time like waiting waiting you know like yeah to go and all of a sudden you got this 15 minute intermission you're like shit yeah yeah we would usually take the the 65 and 74 back into the wrestling room and kind of warm up a little bit and kind of just get reset and refocused and and then obviously making sure that they warm up at the right time knowing that there's going to be that intermission so just a little different compared to like maybe a different dual meet that there wouldn't be an intermission at
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Landon Williams, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast as we continue our Assistant Coaches Week. Take care. See you next time.